0: Hello and welcome to episode 56
1: of Entertainment of Excellence, the podcast of Films TV, all of it. Hi, Molly. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about the 2020 film A Quiet Place Part 2. This will contain spoilers.
2: So, Quiet Place Part 2 picks up right after Quiet Place Part 1, apart oh. from the flashback at the start. Um, so, the first thing you see is like a day one uh, thing. It's a, it says day one. So, it's, it starts with shots of empty streets, so you're like, ooh, maybe it's already happened, but actually, they're just all a, a baseball game or something. But those shots are cool, like Empty Street and there's traffic lights and stuff, um, which reminded me of Cars <laughs> when there's that one traffic light in wherever the place he goes to is. um, And then, you know, Big Asteroid comes or something. Aliens attack everyone. Then you cut to where you left off at the end of the last film. So John Krasinski is dead and they have a baby so they need to they get like the the little box and the oxygen thing and they move off towards a fire they've seen on a hill cuz so maybe there will be people there and that's where they meet Killian Murphy who has a little setup with where you go down a chute and then there's like a furnace you can lock yourself in to protect yourself and he's got a radio where you can hear um a song playing it's like somewhere beyond the sea uh and then i think who what she called Regan the deaf girl realizes that that means there are people beyond the sea that might need help so she tries to go uh, they go to the island where there are people after a bit of an encounter on the docks uh, and, the, and it seems to be like a safe haven but then one of the monsters has drifted across on a boat which attacks the island and it's like oh no, <laughs> and then um, they manage to get to the radio station and broadcast like the high pitched hearing aid thing to all the radios, which allows the people, uh, the son who is in the furnace bit to fend off a monster that's there by using the high pitch frequency, and then and then it ends. That's it. It does. Yeah, <laughs> it does end. Um.
1: Bit of a cliffhanger like last time.
2: Well, not not really like a cliffhanger. Just kind no, of but like it did not feel of a fully resolved. TV episode. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Should we briefly so... talk about the opening thing, like The flashbacks. Because yeah. I feel like I did really enjoy those sequences, but it it didn't really and am- Like it was probably just. Exactly how I'd imagined it. I think the only thing it really answered was obviously that they came out for the sky, um, and uh, the. I as you were saying about that shot with the traffic lights, I really like that because obviously, initially you think, "Oh, well, this is going to be," during the sort of apocalypse, but in reality, it's just like, just before it. There's a few things I don't really understand in that scene. Like he does go through a red traffic light, and then he just doesn't pay for his shopping but uh, (laughs) um but I I think yeah it I really enjoyed that stuff. But it wasn't necessarily like it, it didn't have any really shocking revelations, I didn't feel. It was just kind of pretty standard backstory.
2: Yeah. It was uh quite tense though when they first arrive and the thing where they're like walking away and then in the background you see like one of the monsters kills someone and then John Krasinski starts like running. That was, uh, I really liked that shot. That was like, oh no, <laughs> yeah. And, and there's they... also a bit where uh, Emily Blunt's character is in the car with the, the son. I think is the daughter or also... no? I can't it's... remember who's with him, who. uh, I think it's both uh, the sons. Okay. Oh yeah, there's another one that died. Yeah. yeah, I was I thinking there's two kids, kids but but who is the <laughs> who's the other one? Who could that be? Oh yeah, um,
3: I forgot it until you so, like visited a grave in the in the middle yeah. of the film. It's just like who <laughs> is that? Is that the husband's grave? Oh wait, the kids.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, they're trying to get out of the monster's way, and then there's like a bus yeah. is coming towards them, and then they have to reverse and. That that is the first take, uh, that shot because Emily Blunt was actually terrified of of the stunt bus <laughs> coming towards her. So
1: it did have that. I remember that opening had a few kind of subtle things that were quite nice, like callbacks or things that you see later in the film. Like I think when they're in the shop on the shelf, you saw the um, was it like a rocket ship that's in the first film that uh oh, yeah. the one that makes that drops. a noise? Yeah. 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 And also it did something in the opening where it would, like, cut to, I think... Because it was um, these two perspectives, uh, Emily Blunt's and John Krasinski's, kind of in conjunction, which was something that they used later on in the film. They did something where it would, like... I think it had a shot of the radio, and then it would sort of pan out of the radio of the other car, um, which I thought was quite effective. And you also saw later on when they were kind of telling... Two or even three stories at the same time. There, you're able to always. Uh, I think it helped build like the tension with these different perspectives going on.
2: You want to talk about that three perspective bit now, or
0: yeah, sure.
2: Yeah, so it's it must be right near the end of the film because there's um. So basically. Oh, no, it's, never mind. I was—I forgot the radio thing. Okay, so it's when Regan and Emmett are on the docks trying to get a boat across to the island where they figured out the radio signal is coming from. And then they, there's a a little girl comes up and they're like, oh, she seems cool. Let's go help her out. But then she, um like, puts... It's like a chain, a collar around and Murphy's neck or Emmett that attached him to a pole and he also has like a um, it's like a shawl of like glass bottles and jangly loud things so you know they're going to alert the monsters and at the same time um, Emily Blunt has just got back from getting another oxygen tank for or another two oxygen tanks because the, the baby's one was running low and the son uh with the baby has hidden in the furnace to escape a monster but hasn't put the towel over the thing so they can't actually get back out and they start suffocating uh so then you get all these three tense bits happening at once because Emily Blunt encounters the monster that the the kids are hiding from while they're suffocating so you get some some Spicy tension with Emily Blunt like, uh, exploding one of the oxygen tanks to turn on the sprinklers so that the monster can't hear them anymore. Uh, and then on the docks, Killian Murphy does the thing for for dive, which is in like the first scene. Yeah, that was uh, that, that like wasn't very definitely. obviously set up. Uh, as but well the as thing thing the, is- the towel was very obviously set up as well for someone to not put that over the the door. Uh, hmm. Yeah, and then. So they get the monster away, and then Emily Blunt manages to open the door, and you see, which is very sweet, that the the son actually left the oxygen mask on the baby because they were taking it in turns. But then he just left it on the baby and let himself pass out, uh, which is quite nice. So she gets them more oxygen. Yeah, but if you're a scared like kid, what is he's supposed to be like 11 or 12, you wouldn't expect them to basically. Sacrifice themselves,
1: yeah. Um, but th- going back to like the the dock scene, I really enjoyed that because, um, as you were saying about the the whole dive thing, I think that was a really powerful moment. I mean, it, it, it might not have been that effective because the actual hand gesture or the sign language for dive was like quite predictable. Like, what else would it have really been? But um, I did like the fact that Killian Murphy's character was kind of dealing with um kind of a lot of guilt and um the fact that initially he was he was quite quite reluctant to keep them there because he said they were quite he was running out of resources and stuff. Um and uh I also liked the fact that you when they you came they came across these people and it was like just because of the um the fact that society's kind of all shut down you'd think you'd be relieved to see other people but obviously these sort of cannibals have resorted to this in this kind of desperation so um and obviously that contrasts with later when they go to the island and there's kind of a more of a sense of community there so i liked kind of those different responses to the end of the world i guess and the fact that uh like how different people would react to it
0: hmm.
2: yeah because killian murphy's character says that there's like no good people left yeah um so I, you assume, I would have assumed that maybe, I don't know if he's just making that up or if he's seen the docs people. No, he wouldn't have known about them because then they wouldn't get captured. But, cause obviously people would become quite savage to try and just stay alive. Um, but you do, obviously, like, you know, the main family is supposed to, are, are all, they're very, very nice. Um, and then the people on the island seem to be trying to look after each other, although they don't really get any like defenses set up for if one does come over, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Gee.
3: Yeah, it's like I, I I like the I sort of like the that island parts where I mean I get in the grand context of things, I think the fact that the aliens couldn't swim is a bit like not the greatest excuse, but like it serves the plot. Um
2: It makes sense when you look at their like physique though. Yeah, true. They don't look like they can swim.
3: <laughs> but it, it it just it just feels like they completely neglected like even the possibility that a boat might drift to shore with one. Like it, I'd, I'd have thought they should have like set up some defenses like, uh, like Killian Murphy had done in the the start of the film when it when it crushed the the boy's foot.
1: Yeah, I guess so, they, I mean it's, kind it's a very complacent yeah. when they when no one yeah. none of them had come and you obviously see that although they don't have any real kind of response to if the aliens did come the well I mean he's cred he's credited as man on the island, but he actually had <laughs> I can't remember you know, like the guy who uh was actually killed by one of them when he was trying to go back to his children. I mean he if it he basically sacrificed himself I mean, obviously, he didn't die straight away, but the fact that he straight away got in the car and started beeping the horn, I mean, if he wasn't there, I think they'd all have just died in the matter of minutes.
2: Yeah, to be fair, I guess it's very unlikely a boat would drift ashore with one of them on because they don't know how intelligent they are. Um, and if, yeah, you know, they're fairly far away, it's like, can't swim, they're not going to get over. So, I mean, I guess it's fine, but you would thought that they might have at least some plan because man on island, you know, immediately puts his kids in the wardrobe and stuff like that, but it seems like no one else has a plan.
3: Yeah, you'd have thought you'd like, even if you weren't doing defences, you'd have like an evacuation plan or, you know, just like a, some, something in place to like, or get to
0: hiding spots or whatever. Yeah. Oh no, my notes have
2: fallen off Fallen off? Turn off Turned turned off (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, what did you think I thought it was interesting That the film was Like, very By the books, but in kind of a good way In terms of like, everything that's Set up is paid off you know, like with the towel on the door and the the dive sign language. Yeah. Uh, It's like that, you know, everything has to be paid off. Uh, And when one of them puts the gun down and then the boy, you know, that has to be paid off. Uh, Like you can tell it's, it's very much like kind of Hollywood, where it's like this, you know, this has to happen, this has to happen. But it's also just quite satisfying in a way that there's not really anything left. Uh, just unresolved. Yeah, because
1: yeah. in that sense, it feels like it works quite well in isolation, just as a you know, just this film alone. If you ignore the first one and then any possibilities, which I think it's it's quite likely that there'll be a sequel to the, or like a third part. Um, but I I do think that as you were saying, a lot was paid off, and also that ending. I think a lot of the I mean, obviously especially in the first one, I think it was written kind of uh meant to comment on like the value of family and kind of the sacrifices that these characters are making for each other. And I think this one was more about kind of um living up to that reputation that had been created by uh John Krasinski's character and obviously you see that in Killian Murphy who is trying to I mean he, he hesitant uh, when they first come but he's trying to kind of take over that role as a father figure I guess to especially Regan um, but then also that, that end scene with both the children in parallel kind of uh, fighting off the aliens I think it, it does work well as of setting like resolving a lot of what it set up at the start about like the impact that uh, John Krasinski's character's death has had on the
0: family yeah uh
2: and it kind of lets the character growth happen for uh regan in terms of her because she seems to be one that's struggling the well actually no both the kids are really struggling with john krasinski's death but she really feels like she has to try and live up to him so yeah uh, Kind of realising that she does... Yeah, so that's kind of like the big moment for her.
1: Yeah, because she definitely takes it upon herself to kind of lead the family, especially when she's going out to find these people. And it's so terrifying when you think that her venturing off by herself... I mean, obviously... um. Just like the first one, there's a lot of kind of walking around in this film, but I think that it's very tense, especially with the scenes with her, because she wouldn't really know if, like, when she goes into that train, if something fell on the floor, obviously she wouldn't be able to hear it, but um, that would instantly set off the the monster. So I think that um, it's... I think I probably liked it a bit more if she was able to kind of find a way out of that situation rather than Killian Murphy just showing up to save her. But it does make sense with his character and also the plot. But I would kind of like... Because obviously she was the one that um, was able to work out the signals. Uh, And I I did really like that idea. Obviously, it's the eldest child trying to kind of take charge of the family, I guess.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But Emmett does, because he has to kind of he has to feel like he's redeemed himself after his family's died, so I guess it's like sacrificing one character point for another.
0: Yeah. I felt that um,
1: because of uh, the, I'd say this one was more focused on the, the children more and El- Emily Blunt kind of took a bit more of a back seat because uh, obviously there was that tense scene when she went out to uh, try and get more oxygen but it was that was like the only real moment with her that was felt that important because um, like especially the ending was more focused on the children
3: yeah she was kind of pre- yeah. preoccupied with keeping the baby safe and yeah, I kind of like that whole idea that the um, the children get more of a role in this one than in the last one, where it was sort of like mainly John Krasinski and Emily Blunt carrying the film. Um, yeah, like, and then obviously they introduce Killian uh, Murphy here, um, but. Uh, I don't feel like he he was like the main character. I I feel I feel he very much took a back seat and sort of allowed um, allowed what's her name the the um, oldest girl Regan Regan yeah. I think his character sort of allowed her to sort of express herself and um, come into her own a bit more. Um, uh, and sort of in the same way that I guess sort of the baby like brings a sort of sense of responsibility on uh on the boy, and you know like he he got them into the, he got them into that mess by like venturing out, but you know he was willing to sacrifice himself, and in the end he uh he destroys the creature with the feedback thing. Yeah. Is it um, is
2: it him that shoots it as well or is that Emily Blunt? I can't remember.
3: He yeah, he shoots it, I think. Yeah. I kinda um, wonder what the next if there is gonna be a next film, what the what that will focus on or who that well, will focus Apparently
2: on. So there's not been a third one confirmed, but John Krasinski says he has ideas and what I find interesting is that it wasn't planned to have multiple films because Each one never feels fully resolved, but also almost like it didn't... It's not the beginning. They all kind of feel like the middle of a TV series. Yeah, Um, it kind of dropped in with the first one. Yeah, I assumed it was like they'd planned a trilogy, but apparently they haven't, and John Krasinski had to be convinced to come back for a sequel. Um, I I, I guess so. This one has lost two of the original writers, and it's just John Krasinski writing it. Um, But I think it still stands up because a lot of the, I mean, the writing's still pretty good, but there doesn't have to be much because it's all about, like, the set pieces and the direction really helps, um, the cinematography and direction really helps hold it together with all the silent moments and kind of, there's a lot of obstructed angles. so you can can't always see where the the monsters would be and uh, likes playing around with fairly tight angles for claustrophobic stuff. And when people pick stuff up or put stuff down, it always like focuses on the legs and then where the objects go, which uh, I thought was cool. And yeah. it, it really works in a cinema because I didn't watch the first one in a cinema, but we watched the second one. And I mean, apart from that one time that someone, what did it? Did, did they like sneeze or something? Like yeah, right at a really quiet point. Uh, but having that kind of like darkness around you and being enveloped by it uh, really helps add to the tension. So it is a great film to kind of bring people back to cinemas.
1: Yeah, because I feel like it's um, it's one that ironically is well it is quite dependent on its sound obviously but it's not like um it doesn't have the most uh like it doesn't use sounds it's very specific about its use of sound obviously because that's like the whole concept of the film but i think the fact that because of that i think if you're watching at home maybe um it'd be quite easy to become a bit disengaged with some of the Longer sequences of just walking and stuff, but it, it's the sort of film where you have to be. I mean, it's only like the first one, it's only just over 90 minutes, so you just have to be fully invested in the story the whole time in order for it to have its biggest impact, even like in the moment. Because then, like the set-off, the setups ups earlier in the film, uh, when they pay it off later on, I think it's more impactful,
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. I, li- I think I like the fact they wasn't too long, like, the first one. It was only just an hour and a half, given a lot of movies tend to be, like, sort of two hours nowadays. It was good, because, like, I imagine, like, if, if you, like, see it in the cinema, um, then you're not kind of just stuck there for too long, which, like, m- m- might not be the first consideration to a lot of people, but, like, if you've been in lockdown for, like, ages being going back to the cinema like might feel a bit uh like you might not be like able to sit through like a full two, two and a half hour movie in the cinema. So it it was kind of nice to sort of ease back in and hopefully now things are opening up, we'll get a boom of movies given yeah lockdown halted a lot of stuff.
1: But I definitely agree with the, the like, an hour and a half thing cuz I feel like if they did try and make it any longer it would um they didn't I think they had like a very focused um like area for each film uh so far but I definitely feel like it ended and I kind of wanted more and that's why I feel like it's a bit weird that as Tom was saying they hadn't planned for this to be even have a sequel or be a trilogy at this point because it does feel like it is a bit unresolved at the end. And although I guess it wouldn't be the end of the world, uh, if I mean it probably would because of the creatures, but if uh, they ended with um <laughs> just this shot with like the kids because it does feel very satisfying that they've had this kind of arc and it links back to the first one obviously, but um, I, I would like to see more of this universe, <sighs> I guess.
2: Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, because, I, wanted, I want like, a third one, but I want it to end on the third one. If you know what I mean, I don't want it to be like ten movies.
3: I think weirdly yeah. enough, like I feel like this film has all the hallmarks of like being a good ending. Like, the all the characters go through an arc. It ends on like a satisfying note of like, um, Killian Murphy going like, I- "I'm not your father, but but you are," um, like. You know all of that stuff, but like equally, I'm just—I don't think I'd be happy with it ending here. Like yeah. the first film, it was more like it kind of ended, but I didn't think like it needed a sequel or, um, you know, you'd want more, but I—it wasn't necessary was like here it's hard to tell whether it's like necessary or whether I'm just really invested in the universe now
2: um, yeah I wanted a sequel after the um, end of the first one because it did feel like it was unresolved but like looking back at the episode I enjoyed it
3: it's a cause, bit like, more it's so it could like, be
2: depending on investment yeah
1: I think in, the in issue the, with having go on
2: Oh,
3: in, yeah like because in the second one um all the characters have gone through an arc and stuff, but Emily Blunt's still stuck in the uh, airtight chamber with the the baby, and, uh, you know, what's going to happen with that? I I feel like the third film would be, like, interesting to see how, like, they'd approach, like, maybe over a longer time period, the baby growing up in this kind of post-apocalyptic world. Um... Like yeah, that.
1: and like seeing how the family would try and reunite, and if they're able to kind of rebuild this, um, the the, the island like as a way of escaping. Because I feel like in the first one, um, obviously it was quite late on, uh, that they um discovered that uh, obviously they were in, the creatures were impervious to any bullet shots, but if you pay the play this high-pitched noise, and they kind of open up their outer shell and you can shoot them. So I think at the end of that film, although at the start they were presented as being invulnerable, kind of like indestructible, I think now, especially the fact that they've built on further weaknesses in this film, that they can't swim, um, which obviously a few people had discovered quite quickly because it it looked like they'd been living on this island for quite a while. Um, I think that if they do do a third one and that's going to be the finale for this trilogy then they could kind of slip into this uh cliche of like trying to destroy all of the uh aliens and um they could try and like reveal a- another weakness and at that point it feels like at the start they were they were so uh sinister and scary because they felt um You know, really dangerous. But now, because they've revealed all these different weaknesses and vulnerabilities, it doesn't necessarily have that same impact. So, um, I think if they do do a third one, which I would like to see, then they have to be quite careful about how they handle it. Yeah, because
2: I agree with your points there. But the just the existence of aliens, as in the film Aliens, the sequel to Alien, I'm kind of fine with it just becoming like an action shootout because that you know that was also another film following a very tense sci fi horror but it still worked really well. Um yeah. so I think and you know it's kind of the thing of you know zombies have a lot of weaknesses. They're not exactly very powerful if you see one zombie, but it's the fact there's a lot of them and you don't really know how many of the creatures there are so I never really uh, it all depends to be... on that
1: it always seems to just be one in these films, so I think, apart, apart from obviously in the flashbacks, but I think that if you, yeah, maybe if they do show, like, a, a pack of them, then it would be a bit more difficult to handle. I mean, yeah, yeah.
2: because they were saying about the government arranging ships off the island, so it is possible that there's some kind of, like, military force somewhere, but I don't know. I don't, I yeah. don't
3: think that would work, though. Um, I might just be moved, Oh yeah, but... I'm not
2: saying these would work, I'm just saying things that could this is just random speculation. Yeah, <laughs> From... but like the end of the, But like if it
3: turned into a day. shootout, it would kind of like go against the tone of the first two that like the whole sort of franchise is based on. Like Again, alien and aliens it yeah, still but worked. I, I, feel but like, I think the possibility I mean, for error is, not... is gonna be like yeah. really high. Like a I mean, I haven't seen Aliens. I'll just take your word that it's good. But, um, like, it, just because that is good doesn't mean that, like, every shoot. Oh, I'm not saying it will sequence... definitely
2: be good. Yeah, yeah it's just also, like... It, I,
1: I, <laughs> I feel like this, these films were built on kind of... are meant to be more of an allegory, almost. Or at least they started off as being more about the family and because it's so concentrated on yeah. those characters... I think it'd be a bit detrimental if you start to move away, and obviously in this it does provide more of that scope of the wider world as opposed to the first one where it's basically just these, uh, well, like five or four, and then back to five people. But uh, just through I've, the eyes yeah. of the
3: kids. Yeah, because right.
1: um. I've because uh, if they do do this big shoot out with the aliens, I feel like it would become less focused on the this family and these characters, which I think is sort of the crux of the franchise.
3: Yeah. I feel like the best way... I mean, there might just be another way that I I just haven't thought of, uh, which isn't possible, because I'm on the podcast and I have an uh, objectively correct opinion. But I, yeah. if the if there was... Because the family's kind of split in two at the moment. Uh, there's uh, the boy, the baby, and the mum, who are stuck back um on the mainland and then there's uh Killian Murphy and the daughter like separately like if there was some issue sort of with them like being able to reunite or um you know cuz like if 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 they if the film is about them trying to like reunite and try and like find safety on the islands and uh Sort of rebuilds their lives from that, af- from that. that I feel like that's the best way they can handle it without like uh, shoehorning in like some other huge weakness or um like and the the army that just randomly comes in or you know
2: yeah well interestingly um Paramount have hired Jeff Nichols to write and direct a spin-off based on an idea that John Krasinski had. So that's not actually going to focus on the family, but I assume, well, well I, I'm just assuming that because it's a spin-off. spinoff, um, but it will be in the same universe. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. And John Krasinski isn't writing it, but he had the idea. Uh, so I have no idea. We We have to wait. Till the end of March, twenty twenty three. For that, so that's two years. But I'd rather yeah. I'd rather have a, there.
3: I'd rather have a sequel than a spin off. I think. Yeah. Like I feel if it, I feel if it diverges too far from what it was at its core, like the story about a family, um, in this like post apocalyptic world, then like it just kind of becomes a, a sort of. Oh, so it's like sort of, sort of cliche. Just like a, um, uh, a fad. It's just like, wow, they, they, they can't make noise, guys, because of the, the aliens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And yeah, because I like the way that, obviously, the, the fact as we, we were saying when we reviewed the first one. That it's really interesting that they've chosen this family because obviously they have the inherent um, advantage over other people that they're able to survive through the sign language and I also think that was um, a different reason but the one that was demonstrated quite well was the fact that the selfishness of the boy the selflessness of the boy when um, with the oxygen and the baby and the fact that they have to like grow up fast and adapt to these situations I think that the the family's very good at that and they're all quite independent which you obviously see a lot more in this film um when the when it starts to break down and something else as i was saying with the um the scene with the boy and the baby obviously with the first film we've seen that they they aren't afraid of killing off some members of the family because two died in the first one obviously the other child at the start and then the dad at the end so I think that that helps build that sense of tension because you know that n- not everyone is safe and I think if they do do a third film I think there is maybe a possibility that one of these the the core members of the families do die or maybe Killian Murphy's character or something like that
3: I feel like it yeah. would be affected to have Emily Blunt die given the, yeah uh,
2: she's She's on the chopping block.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because then, then that would just kind of mean the kids would have to, like, grow up even faster and without having any, like, either of Are the parents. Gonna f-
2: yeah. Going to have to try and make, like, formula milk for the baby. <laughs> or something. That would to... be quite good. just some milk
1: Because so. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if they... They could do that, because obviously... The, but they
3: could I feel not like Killian the... Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Squeeze on those <laughs> teeth. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but because this one was less focused on Emily Blunt's character, uh, maybe they do have this sort of emotional climax in the first one where she does die off. And then I feel like that would be sat- a satisfying arc for Killian Murphy's. Character. <laughs> if he, have, you have if, to if he has, just specify what I mean, I'm talking about if he just becomes the the father figure, because obviously yeah. that's sort of this um this inner conflict I guess he's having when you when you first meet him, but uh, obviously he would have to deal with a lot of the logistical things of bringing up the baby.
3: See, oddly enough, when I saw him on the poster, um. I mean I, I, I hadn't actually watched any of the trailers beforehand. But when I when I saw him on the poster, I was kinda like Well, I mean John Krasinski's dead, so like how who's 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 Killian Murphy? What why why is he here? What how are they gonna like introduce him? But it it turned out they did it really well. Um it just kinda seemed like he'd always been that. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Because in the cinema, I, I heard someone when he was he was there with his mascot, on. they were like, is that John Krasinski? Um, which, I mean, I don't really know how they'd be able to bring him back, because obviously he died, but... Uh, Zombie. I, yeah. I actually, when they showed the people on the docks, I, I don't know if it was just like... I couldn't really see it properly, but I did think that she was when that girl appeared. That she was actually a zombie. I was like, what, Same, is because that Her skin looks like really scary. weird." Yeah, I yeah. thought it was going to. Apparently,
2: gonna introduce it's just some... they live like in salt water, so that's what yeah. makes the skin weird.
3: I thought they was going to introduce like a whole arc of like some they've like planted eggs in humans or something like alien style, and now they're zombified or
0: something, but. Yeah, I feel like that could have just got a bit ridiculous. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, I think it's time to wrap, wrap up? it up. Yeah. Let's go to the
3: obviously updated website.
1: <laughs> well, I the mean, most important you...
2: one is on there at least. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How would you say it compares? Would you?
2: But well, I was going to say, it's basically the same as the first one and i'm also giving it a 7.5 let's
3: see what i gave the first one 7.7 seven. hmm I mean,
1: these this was in the days where we thought we could only give it like 0.5s and 0.0s i don't know
3: like 7.0s oh. and 0.25s <laughs> yeah point
1: two fives for some reason <laughs>
0: I think I'm gonna go Yeah, seven point zero again. <laughs>
3: like uh,
0: Yeah. I'm gonna go
1: Um I gave the last one a seven point two five. Uh gonna go I'm this... gonna bump this one up to a seven point three. Uh, I mean it's <gasps> obviously a very small difference that might have just come from <laughs>
2: Watching it in the cinema, maybe, yeah. but... 0.5 difference. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Damn. Well, that, that's enough to put it above the first
0: opinion.
3: one. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Sequel's better than the original. Cool. Well, it is time for submission spotlight. No one ever sends anything in. So, um.
2: Disgusting.
0: Yeah. Submit something. Now. No. Why not?
3: You don't want to. Fair enough. <laughs> right, it's time for recommendations. <laughs> it is. You have anything, Tom?
2: Yeah, I've got like three things. Wow, well, why I am I not don't
3: surprised? I have anything. Okay. Oh, I actually so, do have something. Oh.
2: Oh, I bought a couple DVDs because there was a 2 for 10 pound offer. So I watched something that Ollie has recommended in the past. 12 Angry Men. It was very good. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I also watched the Sergio Leone film Once Upon a Time in the West, which I think is really good. Great characters, obviously great direction with another brilliant like a uh, jewel at the end. Um Although that, like, there's a woman as the main character, it, I don't think it does too well of, um, like, presenting women, um, like, in a realistic way. So that that kind of knocked it down a few pegs. And there are a couple of things that I don't know if I just missed, like, because it feels like one of the characters is on the way to jail and then is suddenly free and it doesn't say why. But the rest of it's really good. There's loads of great moments, like it's a point where you think you see someone's like uh, boot because they're climbing down like off the side of a train, and you're like, oh no, they're gonna the good guy's gonna get shot, and the bad guys going up to them with a gun, and then suddenly you hear a bang, and then there's a like the end of a gun pointing out from the boot, and you realise it's on his arm. That was really cool. Uh, so there's loads of great moments like that. And the start, which is like the opening credits, is basically just like five minutes of three guys waiting around in an abandoned train station. And it just still looks really cool. And the music is uh, top notch. So that's that's a good Western. Um, I've also finished Futurama, so I can finally recommend it. Nice. Uh, it's It's just, you know, great animated sci-fi sitcom with where the characters over time just gradually get more and more in depth and you really grow attached to them but it still manages to be consistently uh, funny throughout Uh, so that's great 10 seasons uh, basically all of them are really good so watch that and then finally King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard have released a new album Butterfly 3000 and it's really good they've They've gone into an, another genre they've never done before. Uh, it's basically like synth pop, uh, and it's probably their most upbeat album, and the reason it's so positive is because the uh lead singer-songwriter recently became a dad. so there you go. Don so there's goodness. lots of, lots of really good like synth licks, but it still manages to keep like the prog feel of like polymeters and stuff like that in there, and yeah, it's a really good album. Can confirm it's a bop. Oh, you listened to the whole thing?
3: I well, I did because like I, I I listened to the song you sent me again, but then kept it playing. Mm. So I played like the second half of the album, and then went back and played the first half. <laughs> so yes. yeah, if 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 I accidentally left it playing and then went back to play the first half, that is good. Well, yeah. to be fair, it it goes kind of like. Um, the songs blend into each other, so it makes sense why I didn't realise it. it was, like, still going and hadn't <laughs> <couldn't> stopped. <laughs> Indeed. Cool. Well, um, seeing as I'm still uh, watching The the X-Files, I'm going to give you a music recommendation again. <gasps> it is uh, the album Reprise by Moby. It's, a, it's basically, like an orchestral greatest hits album uh, well like um, he's gone back and over his like catalog and recorded re-recorded a load of his songs with an orchestra um, but it's not like it's just straight up orchestra he's got like drums, he's got um, acoustic guitars and pianos and uh, a few songs of gospel choirs in them. And then it's got, like, a huge uh, list of, like, featured vocalists. Um, So, basically, like, none of them I'd ever heard from before, but then again, my music taste is pretty narrow and niche, so... uh, Yeah, um, it's good. There's also, apparently, a documentary about his life that he made, but I haven't seen that, so I I can't recommend it.
0: disappointing
3: oh I mean I guess I could recommend something else actually um the Netflix show Sex Education because uh, I've finished that recently so yeah it's th- that's good um if you haven't seen it already it's kind of is set in like a British sixth form um and like it's sort of centred around this character um who, uh, who has mum is like a sex therapist, uh, who's kind of like overly interested in his life and, uh, a bit, um, overbearing. And so, sort of, that carries on to him. And he sets up this clinic where he gives out sex advice to other students for like 20 quid, um, but then, like sort of like especially towards the second season, it sort of uh goes away from that and focuses on like the interactions between characters and uh the the development of like how each of them learn to be a bit better and yeah nice. so, so it's also got some pretty good representation in it if that's something you're interested in that's got um it's got like a quite a diverse cast. Um, and like, there's like a few openly gay characters in it, so it is cool.
2: Watch it. Cool. Doesn't it? I know you said it's set in a British sixth form, but isn't it like a really American vibe? Yeah, it kind of does have an
3: American vibe. It's like, it is still definitely British, so it's. It's kind of weird. Like, it's 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 also kind of weird because like um. Like, it has that sort of atmosphere of like a normal sort of like teen drama, but kind of subverts it a bit. Um. So rather than just like falling into the the pits and the cliches, it actually kind of comes into its own and does its own unique thing. So. Yes. Cool.
0: Movie.
3: Shame on you, Ollie.
0: Oh no, I'm sorry. I don't we have anything. Be. Cool.
1: Uh, should we say what we're doing next week?
3: Yes, you should.
1: Uh, did we say we're doing American graffiti?
3: I think e- we did. Yes. We. No, no. Yeah. The week after that, we'll um. Do a really, really good film. To so stay tuned next week to find out what that is. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Tom's starting the dying process right now. Anyway, tune in next week for American Graffiti. These episodes are kind of getting shorter. I've noticed. Like we're at fifty minutes now.
2: Oh, I thought we started oh, no. at five. Last. No. I thought we'd be good, like for a decent time. <laughs> I mean, it's alright.
3: We've had, I think, we have finished like a couple of episodes around the fifty mark. Cool. Yeah. Well, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at elv podcast. I just posted on the Instagram yesterday for the first time in uh, like six months, uh, <laughs> and it was a story. It wasn't even a post. I think Ollie updated the Twitter like a month or two ago, so you should definitely follow us there. Yeah.
0: There's our website,
3: which hasn't been updated since like episode 40, so you should definitely follow us there. (laughs) There's the mailing list, which we haven't updated since like episode 25. (laughs) So if you're gonna follow us anywhere, you must follow us there. (laughs) And then uh there's like you can listen on subscribe on youtube that would be good or you can go onto podcast platforms which keep forgetting to paste the descriptions in so <laughs> they just say something like isn't tom do the description we didn't have any submissions <laughs> <laughs> so um <laughs> go follow us on all of them right now and tune in mm-hmm. next week for american graffiti all right, see you. All, right, all right, see all you.
0: Right, see ya. Yeah,
2: that's-